Welcome to the show. I'm Mikey. And it's your girl Zay Day. We are two social justice warriors dedicated to dismantling systems of oppression through a black, black queer, queer feminist lens. Feminist lens. Yes, this podcast will cover a variety of topics ranging from politics in our country to which new bop you can twerk to. Hey. <laughs> yep. And while we're twerking, y'all can start following. Search Black to the Future on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join in the conversation. And don't forget to leave positive reviews for us on your streaming platforms. Yes, please leave positive reviews. With the reach of this podcast, we desire to change the world one episode at a time. Yep, and I think it's time we get started, don't you think? Yep, let's get it! The The past past is gone, gone. the present present is an adventure. adventure. Looks like it's time to to go go black to the future. future. Cue the theme music. Mm. Y'all. Dropping every Thursday on the hour of the 12. Yeah. Breaking all the curses, creating family well. Yeah. Saving my community, my passion is their help. Yes, I am a teacher, but I do not miss help. Looking at the world through a feminist lens. Dub it or trash, no recycling bins. Women are superior, we're gonna get our wins. Category clothes, the girls get their tins. Transphobic thoughts are shaky, they wobble. Homophobic creeps left behind, they dawdle. LGBT on pose, yeah, they model. Black to the future, we say poppin' models. Like a dice, like a dog. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Black to the Future. Yes! Welcome back, you all. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Black to the Future podcast. Again, um, I am here alone, unfortunately, but I have um, a a kind of, I think, a nice show that I want to kind of build up here, Um, especially after the last episode I did, which you all received very well. So thank you all so much for that. It was just basically about me and my life and things of that nature particularly in the lens of of being a trans person and stuff like that. And I know um, towards the end, I kind of squished it all together. Um, Things revolving around the trans experience that, you know, could use a little bit more clarity and things of that nature. So um, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit more um, deeply about the trans experience, um, how society has formed things and other such and so forth. These are things that I actually cover on my YouTube series called Slay with Zay, S-L-A-Y with W-I-T-H, Zay, X-A-Y. So if you want to um, listen to extensive content about that, you can do that. You can listen to those videos or go watch them. They're available online now. Um, But I'm going to try to do like a digital podcast kind of explanation format thing. (laughs) So I hope it helps. That song that I played a moment ago is called Bend Your Wrist. 
I love that song. Um, you know, it's from a problematic movie from back in the day, but you know, this is one of those times when the songs were like, oh my God, like this speaks to me, it means so much. I remember working at the movie theater and then that song came on like at the end of the movie every single time and I used to live my best life. I was like, girl, yes, I feel seen, yes. But you know, problematic as the movie was, I, 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 I appreciated it for what it was. We're much further past that now. So um, yeah, but anyway, um, just a quick, thing my blackness is blessed highly favored um just happy with life and I'm again like I said at the end of the last episode I'm very proud of all things I've accomplished and the things I'm going to continue continue to accomplish um I encourage you all to interact on social media platforms um Instagram Twitter Facebook please um you can go into the description and find the link to get to those places so you can annoy us so <laughs> or ask us questions or whatever um shout out to mab i'm very proud of you and i love you all the work that you're doing and trust me you all he'll be back and also i'm gonna be having some guests in the future so it's not just gonna be me of course just enough here talking to y'all so don't worry but um i wanted to shift gears because the song of course said lgbt but of course now as you all know, we've expanded it to LGBTQIA+, which is kind of like, oh no, a lot of people, a lot of things. And it could be very daunting. It could be very overwhelming. So um, yeah, the doll is going to try to explain a lot of things to you. Now, of course, I want to be very clear that um, the queer community as a whole, the LGBTQIA community is not monolithic. So similar to how a lot of black people are not monolithic, I can give one clear example. Candace Owens. <laughs> We're not monolithic. We don't all have the same value and the same ideologies about being a black person and things of that nature. Similarly, um, the LGBTQIA plus queer community at large is not monolithic. And I will use the example of Caitlyn Jenner. So just because she's a trans person, does not mean she speaks for everyone. Just because Candace Owens is a black person, that means she speaks for everybody. And no one's going to be on the same exact page the entirety of the time as there's too much nuance going on. So if you don't have the range to talk about some of these topics, particularly as it pertains to being an LGBTQIA plus person, you might want to sit back on some things and get knowledge and education from sources that um, do indeed um like this one, where you get credible information from folks who have actually lived that life, you know, the they're the masters of their own experience. So you can't really tell them what's happening and such and so forth. So hopefully that kind of makes sense a little bit. I just want to kind of put that out there as a disclaimer, you know, and as we always say, uh, Mab and I do not speak for the entire continuum of black people. We don't speak for, I don't speak for all black women. He doesn't speak for all black men. He doesn't speak for all gay men. I don't speak for all trans women. So every everything has nuance to it. So we're not monolithic. But I would say probably 75% of, you know, the respective communities agree on these kind of ideas. Hence why we all, you know, have this kind of work that we're doing to dismantle these issues and such and so forth. So again, this episode is going to be about the trans experience. I'm going to briefly cover the other letters of the um <laughs> the alphabet mafia as we like to be called now. Like we got a gangster name now. Like that we keep we threatening we going to cut you. We going to end careers like the babies. We going to end the careers, girl. <laughs>
So, of course, I'm not, I'm not a lesbian, I'm not a gay man, da, da, da. So I can't speak for the entirety of the experiences of those. I can speak from the experience of uh, being a trans person, particularly a trans woman who's also black and da, da, da. So, um, yes, I'll cover those LGs and Bs and such, but it's mostly going to be about the T because what's the T is that that's what's hot right now. So we're going to cover that. So please stay tuned and we're going to be moving forward. Yay. Okay, so we are back, and of course, again, we're going to be talking about the trans community specifically, but of course, I have to give honorable mentions, of course, to the other folks part of the um, queer community at large. So, of course, we have LGBTQIA and plus. Again, LGBTQIA plus. Now, I want to um, say um, that sometimes instead of saying all of that, you can just say the queer community. A lot of people still, but not entirely, still accept the gay community. That all still kind of wraps itself up in a nice bow. So basically, this community is a series of folks that have um, different gender identities. They have um, different sexual chromosomes or they have a different sexual orientation. So or a combination of any of those things. Okay, so those things are all at play. The um, the idea here is that LGBTQIA plus or queer people are just going to have one of those three things or more that sets them apart from the traditional ideology of being a cisgender heterosexual person. So of course, I'll define those terms momentarily, but just so you can have an understanding. We have all these letters because it breaks down further because everything has a certain explanation and such and so forth. So I'll briefly cover the letters a little bit here. So we have L, which of course is lesbian. And you know, that's for a woman who is attracted to another woman strictly. It doesn't mean that she probably doesn't find men attractive, but if, as far as her romantic sexual desires to be with someone, she's going to choose a woman. So of course, that means they could be cisgender women or they could be transgender women in that kind of space as long as they're a woman who wants to be with a woman. Notice I am not talking about body parts. I know body parts are something that everyone is dying to always talk about because y'all a bunch of little nasties. But we're going to have to forego body parts because this is much deeper than body parts. Okay, so there's that. Next, we have, of course, G, which, of course, is going to be gay men, which is the same thing as lesbians, of course, because, you know, it's just the opposite. It's a man who is attracted to men romantically, spiritually, all the things. So, um, for example, um, Mab, Mikey, my, my co-host, is a man who wants to be with another man. And he's fully said that he wouldn't mind if the man was transgender. So again, body parts are not a thing here. We're just talking about someone who is a man who wants to be with another man. That is a gay man. Or for lesbian and gay, those are going to be homosexual. Homo, of course, means the same. Sexual means you're nasty. <laughs> 
So they want to be engaged with someone who has the same gender identity as them. Okay, perfect. Moving on. So now we're at B, which of course is bisexual. And um, the one thing I want to say about this is that, of course, people who are bisexual are not going to be like 50% men, 50% women. It could vary. It could be 20% men and 80% women or 2% women and and 98% men or whatever the fuck I said. There is no, you don't get to pick how that's going to line up for that person. You know, that's that's a very thing that's specific for them. And you're going to have to just let them figure that out. You know what I mean? And that's a conversation that they're going to be able to have to have with themselves and other folks. Um, I want to dispel the idea that men cannot be bisexual because there's this thing in society where men are not allowed to be anything but either uh, heterosexual, straight, or they can be any, or gay. So they find if they interact with any man on any kind of level, they immediately disqualify their heterosexuality. But a lot of heterosexual men have played around a little bit and not just, and I'm not talking about maybe full grown adults, but they played around with each other when they were younger. And as an AMAP person, someone who's assigned male at birth, trust me, the doll has seen things. I've been in locker rooms with these boys when they were growing up. I have cousins. Right. You know, them little sore fights, all that kind of shit, girl. It happened. So I'm, I'm just trying to be as clear as I possibly can be. Men have a sexual range just like women do. And so I want that to be something that's on people's minds as far as that concern. Um, women's bisexuality is just as valid. It's not just like this, oh, I'm going to be bisexual to get attention from men because that basically puts all the focus back on men. And on this podcast, we know that men have always been the focal point of everything, that everyone's, everyone's attracted to men and no one wants to be with women. It's, it's interesting. But anyway, I want y'all to think about that. Just because a man is bisexual does not mean anything outside of him being bisexual. So if you're a cisgender woman who's heterosexual and doesn't want to date bisexual men because he may, air quotes, cheat on you with a man or he may bring something back to you, you have negative stigma and connotation and energy around the queer community that you will have to address. If you think that he's going to bring back some kind of disease and such and so forth, you obviously don't know that everyone is susceptible who's engaged in sexual activity can bring you anything at any point in time. A, a man who's only had intimate sexual partners that have been cis women can bring it back to you, girl. Just want to be clear. So just because, you know, and then if you don't let him be honest about it, girl, he gonna lie to you and then he gonna bring it to you for real. So you better start being clear and concise. If you want someone who's completely heterosexual, and it's not stemmed in biphobia, which is a very prevalent thing where people want you to choose one or the other. They always like, they always want you to choose one or the other. You know, you can't participate in biphobia. Even queer people, like homosexual people, like lesbians and gay men, yes, sometimes y'all participate in biphobia too. So y'all need to go ahead and uh, adjust that to make sure you're paying attention. But um, but if you think he's going to go out and cheat on you with another person, with the man, I'm like, people cheat in general. 
but just because now his options air quotes have expanded because now he's also attracted to men Mm, if they gonna cheat they gonna cheat baby it doesn't matter about the options (laughs) let's be clear it don't matter about the options plus people have standards and have taste his i you know uh, a person's desire to be with a man and a person's desire to be with a woman they could be at two different levels so just kind of put things in perspective so if you're one of those people say i don't want to date anybody bisexual particularly cis women who say that i don't want to date a bisexual man you might want to analyze that sweetheart but anyway um bisexual is 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 rigid in the sense that it's someone who's attracted to men and someone who's attracted to women so they don't want any gender variance in there Typically, that's how I would frame that. They don't want any gender variance. So they want you to be either a man or a woman or a woman or a man. Um, if you transition, they will probably they may or may not. That depends. They may or may not accept that gender identity. But you would probably have to go from one side to the complete other side, which we'll talk about in the future here. But they want you to be a man or a woman. They don't want gender variance or gender expansiveness. So again, I don't speak for everyone who's bisexual, but it's rigid in that way. Okay? Because there are much more gender expansive um labels that you can put on people and people choose for themselves obviously all right so that's bisexual i'm gonna skip over trans for now i'm gonna come back to it i'm gonna talk extensively about trans obviously the t um after t lgbtq q is queer or questioning and so queer is an umbrella term that covers anything in the community essentially Queer basically means odd or strange or different. It used to be a derogatory term, but we've reclaimed it. So now, you know, when people be like, oh, that's queer, you know, it's a little bit less, "Eh," but we know it depends on the connotation and the conversation, of course. But that's what it means. Queer means some kind of variance in your gender identity, um, some kind of variance in your sexual identity, combination of both, something like that. That's what queer means. And then, of course, questioning, we have to allow people to have space. I'm going to say this again. We need to allow people to have space to question what is happening as far as who they are attracted to and what their gender identity is. Because everyone has the assumption that everyone is defaulted automatically to being a heterosexual cisgender person, and then they choose And to my knowledge, the only thing that I have chose is to actively pursue what I want. That's the only thing that I've chosen. I've actively pursued what I want. I can sit and be dormant and not choose to actively pursue what my heart and my feelings are. But then, of course, that will be lying and being deceptive and things of that nature. And those are negative connotations as opposed to questioning and trying to figure out who I am and what I want to do. Everyone has a moment when they first um, begin their attraction and they first hear about queer identities and things. There is a moment where everyone goes, hmm, that's not me. This is what I'm doing. Because it's brought to your attention is what I mean in that space. So there's that's where the choice perhaps therein lies. But no one actively wakes up, you know, and chooses one or the other or whatever the case may be. That doesn't happen because cisgender heterosexual people don't 
choose that. Queer people also don't choose. They also, ch they choose basically to move into this space of where they have self-acceptance and self-love, even if it's something as, as, um, as late as Caitlyn Jenner, who did it in her 60s or whatever the case may be. So she could have been struggling with that for the longest bit of time, but we have to allow people to question and wonder how their gender identity shows up and how their sexual orientation is going to show up in this world. And so there are a lot of people who are questioning, but they're afraid and nervous because of society's response. And yes, you're a part of society. Anyone underneath the sound of my voice right now or with an earshot or whatever this expression is, there are people that are around you that are questioning. You do not know who has what identity or what questions they have about their identity. So if you're in a space and you're making um, negative jokes about LGBTQIA plus people, and they hear it, they're less likely they're going to be honest and want to move towards that direction. Are you creating affirming and affirming space for, you know, questioning people? Okay. So anyway, that's Q. I is a little bit more, um, is a little bit reduced down because people don't know about this one. I is intersex. I-N-T-E-R-S-E-X. This is a medical um, identity. This is medical. This is someone who is born with various chromosomes um, and various uh, genitalia combinations and things of that nature. Um, I have an entire section of it, of course, on my YouTube series. I am not an intersex person to my knowledge. Um, I do know a couple of intersex people, but it's not my, you know, um, intent to put them out there like that. But there are lots of... Um, I think intersex folks are born at the same rate as redheads. So if you see a redhead um, once a week, then you probably see an intersex person once a week. And so the way that intersex people show up in the world varies immensely. They can be born with different chromosomes. And this is why trans people have fight tooth and nail about this kind of stuff because if we focus on how intersex people show up as frequently as redheaded people then we would know like this happens a lot more frequently than we actually know so again an intersex person can be born with x y chromosomes which would in turn turn them to be male but then there could be some extra chromosome that gets attached onto the end like x y y how does that extra Y affect them? Do they have, um, you know, more, are they more masculine? Are they more manly now? Like what happens? Or they can be XX, X with an extra X. Now, are they more feminine and things of that nature? Um, they can be XXYY. There's, there's uh, variables and combinations, so intersex. And then also with these combinations comes different um, body parts. This is why body parts are something that you're going to have to just let go of because just because someone has XX does not mean they're going to fully have a vagina and, and ovaries and such and so forth because intersex people can be XX and still end up possibly having a penis combination with, you know, ovaries or something like that. There's a, there's a plethora of combinations. And I'm not an intersex person, so I don't want to continue on that conversation because that's something for intersex folks to kind of um, talk about. 
Um, I know there's a couple of intersex people that I follow on Instagram and I can kind of throw them down into the description if you want to learn more about intersex folks from intersex people. Okay. And so after I, we have A, LGBTQIA. So now we have A. And so back in the day, they used to say A was for ally. Uh, I think we're moving away from that idea because allies are cisgender heterosexual people. You're not a part of the LGBTQIA plus community because you don't have any gender variants. You don't have any sexual orientation variants. So, you know, thank you for your support, girl, but... We're going to let the people who are asexual and agender have this space. So um, asexual, of course, means a is uh, in the front of it is a prefix. That means the absence of. So the absence of sexual energy. So asexual people or ace, um, they are folks who don't really have a great desire to be intimately sexual with people. Um, That may sound interesting or weird to, to some folks, but... You know, there people di- um, form in different capacities and live in different spaces and things like that. So there's that. Um, I'm not an asexual person because I'm a little nasty. So there's that. So boom. Um, and then a gender, of course, a of course, the prefix again is the absence of gender. And we're gonna talk about gender here in a second because you're probably you, some folks may say, how are you not gonna have a gender? You know, and then that's that becomes confusing for some folks. But a a gender, excuse me, is underneath the trans umbrella, and I'm gonna explain that um, underneath the um, trans when I get there, because that's the part of the podcast I really want to focus on. So, of course, the absence of gender, which means that their gender identity um, does not fall on the binary system. It's not even near the binary system. And we're going to talk about the binary system in a, in a moment here. Um, they have a biological sex. They have chromosomes just like everyone else. But when they present to the world, when they talk about themselves, they don't may not they may not use gendered language. They may not do any of those things. So it's very important to just honor and respect that, you know, they're a combination of no gender or they have no gender they have no gender at all, however they want to frame it. And again, I'm not an agender person, so I don't want to speak for them. So there's that. And of course, then we have the plus LGBTQIA plus. There is a long list of, which I'm going to put in the description, of various gender identities and sexual orientations and sexual preferences and things of that nature. For for example, um, genophilia, which of course is the attraction to femininity. So that means that person can be cis, they can be trans, they can be gender expansive, so long as they present the femininity that's attractive to you. Or someone who's like a scoliosexual, which is a weird one, I know. But scoliosexual basically means I'm attracted to trans people at any capacity. So, you know, you get to pick and choose what kind of trans person you're attracted to, but so long as they have the trans identity. And so, you know, there's some things in there that could be a little bit problematic for some, but it's an identity and I want to respect that. So, anyhow... um, you know, there's more and much more than that. And no, you do not have to commit all of these to memory. What you need to do, especially if you're an ally to the community, is when someone says, this is who I am, this is who I'm attracted to, this is what I do. It is your responsibility as an ally, even within the community, 
if you're a cisgender lesbian, if you're a cisgender gay man, a cisgender bisexual, whatever, as long as your gender doesn't vary, you know, and also for people who are not um, bisexual or have expansive um, sexual identities like pansexual, the attraction to everyone regardless of their gender identity and stuff like that. So everyone who is going to be in support of LGBTQIA plus folk need to be able to accept and understand the fact that this is how that person wants to show up in the world, how they wish to present, and we have to accept and respect them. You you don't have to understand everything, but you should at the bare minimum have compassion and have the willingness and the desire to help them if they need help with something in any capacity. Hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully. So again, um, you know, support is a great thing, but it has to come from a genuine, true place. If there's a little bit of a, <clears throat> when people start talking about this kind of stuff, you already are in the wrong headspace and you're not going to be able to understand or help anybody. And a lot of these things you're going to have to unlearn because since everything's been so binary, which means man, woman, gay, straight, a lot of people don't know anything outside of those those spaces. And so LGBTQ plus folk, we expand on all of that. So not only do we just have the rainbow, but we have all the other hues and undertones and colors. All of this works when you think about it. If you think about a rainbow at its full capacity, the prism, when the light goes through the prism, we see the primary colors, we see the secondary colors. But within all of that, we have these tertiary colors. We have rose quartz and we have... Um, sky blue, and we have, you know, burnt orange. We have all these secondary colors with, and it's these secondary and these tertiary colors and things like that. It takes a lot more than just these primary colors to make things work. It takes a lot more than just the secondary colors to make work. It takes more than the tertiary colors to make it work. You have to be able to open your mind and see the possibilities outside of that. Because chances are you've already met an LGBTQIA plus person and they had a very they had a varying gender identity. They had a varying uh, sexual identity. So it's important that you know. And as people get more comfortable, the um, we're going to become more present in the media because we are real life, real time people living lives. So the more we become present in the media, the more you're going to have to say, okay, this is how people show up and I'm going to have to be okay with that. I may not understand everything, but I don't need to have a negative energy or connotation or thought about it. This is what happens like when people say like they're trying to force it on children. No, queer children exist. Trust me, they take their own lives if they don't get the love and support. Nigel Shelby, for example, look up Nigel Shelby took his own life. He was the boy I was talking about in a couple episodes ago because people weren't supporting him. If if he needed the if he got the support he needed, he probably would still be here. And you know, there's no excuse for why he didn't get the support he needed because people are just being ignorant and just want to say like it's not it's out of sight, it's out of mind, it's not my problem. But eventually, at some point in time, you're going to meet someone whether it be your child, a friend, somebody 
you're going to know as part of our community. As, our, as we continue to feel more comfortable, we're going to expand and grow. Okay? So, um, that's L-G-B-I-Q-I-A. And, you know, I didn't really get into the plus like that. But that's the basic of it. We're the alphabet mafia. If you try to make, if you say like the LG baloney Q, P, V, X, Y, and Z, if you say stuff like that, you are not helping because you're diminishing us down to a bunch of letters and you don't actually want to know, you want to antagonize us. And I know people say that we're sensitive, but just like how black people, we are sensitive about certain shit. Queer people, we are sensitive about certain shit. And it's going to be your responsibility to say, oop, I, well, I can't say that. Well, how can I say this? How can I be of help? Because trust me, jokes can be funny, but you have to do it the correct way. Okay? Nobody feels like they can say any jokes anymore. But if you do it the right way, it will be funny. For there are, Trust me, it will be funny. If you set it up and knock it down the right way, it will be good. But if you're just saying like, Oh, well, she got a dick. You know, that's not funny. That doesn't get us anywhere. It's a, it's, you know, there's, when it comes to comedy and things like that, there is levels and there are nuance to it. Anyway, I don't want to spend too much more time on that. I really want to get into the T, literally, the LGBT. What's the T in the LGBT? Here we go. Okay, okay, okay. We are back and we're finally going to get into the T, Miss Thing. We're going to get into the T. The T as in what's the T in the LGBT? Trans 101. So um, on my YouTube series, again, Slay with Zay, you can check that out. Description in the bottom. I um, have one, um, one, um, what are you, how would you say? Like I have one. Um, group of videos that like 10 videos that kind of go over some transgender 101 type of thing. So if you don't know anything about what it means to be a transgender person, if you've never met a transgender person, X, Y, and Z, this is something for you or you can share to other folks. I have things on there about the definition of what it means to be a transgender person, what it means to be a cis person, how your biological sex is different from your gender identity, uh, transphobia, gender expression, a whole slew of things. I have one season. That's what I was trying to say earlier. One season. So the next season will be out hopefully again around the same time as last year at the in October going into the holiday season. So please go check that out. Description will a link will be in the description down there. So let's kind of start with this overall idea. Let's start here. So um, the idea of gender and uh, biological sex. Let's kind of start there. These two have been synonymous for years at this point. Years. Not in every single culture, however, has used this system that we call the binary system. The binary system is very black and white, left, right, up, down. You know, there's no middle gray area. It's either you're one or you're the other. So the binary system as it pertains to gender and biological sex 
has been under the same scrutiny. And, you know, um, a lot of the, um, you know, indigenous cultures that were in America and Africa and other places, they had, um, they may not have used the language of being transgender or, uh, or things like that, but they definitely have folks who were part of the trans experience where they were born with one um, biological sex, but they exhibited certain features um, characteristics that were indicative of them being part of a different gendered experience, whether they go from um, dressing more femininely if they were an AMAB, again, assigned male at birth, or dressing more masculinely, assigned uh, female at birth for AFAP people, you know, that kind of idea. You know, and native indigenous tribes that used to very much be a thing, you know, they were, re they were revered as shamans, um, caretakers, leaders within the community. They had um, high positions. They were priests and priestesses and such and so forth. So even though they may not have used the word transgender, they have been, you know, around, we have been here around <laughs> since forever. You know what I mean? And so I don't want it to seem like all of a sudden it's trans people. Because remember at one point in time, it was all of a sudden there are gay people. So if you notice, there's these huge trends in these waves as we move closer and closer to um, more inclusivity, more um, a representation, it seems like it's being overwhelmed and being saturated into the media and things like that. And it seems like it's happening even faster now that we have internet and direct access and connection to folks and stuff like that. So it can be very overwhelming. Whereas things probably took a long time before, it happened so much more abruptly. So I understand the, oh my gosh, it's happening so fast. Yes, but that's because we live in this day and this age. And that's why, you know, usually younger kids don't have so much of an issue with this because they have the technology in their hands. It's usually some of the older folks, you know, people who are, you know, in their late 30s and older who tip, who kind of have issues and problems with this kind of stuff because, you know, when they were growing up, none of this was readily available like that. Whereas kids now who are born after the 2000s that I teach, because I also teach music, a lot of them already kind of by by far more accepting and more um, acknowledging and tolerant um, and accept and loving of people within the LGBT commu community, specifically trans folks. Okay, so here we go. Because everything has been so binary, binary of course by of course means two. So binary system like by like coding. Like I don't know anything about coding, but Mab would know because he took that class and he did well. Anyway, so the binary system is man, woman, gay, straight. That's it. No nuance, no nothing, no nada. You either one or the other and you this or that. Like there's no mix and matching. But the ironic part about that is that this is something that we've constructed, or I should say um, when co uh, colonizers, when the white folk came over, they really expanded and reached their far arms out into the world and you know, and impress this upon people. It's such a high gravity that it's been accepted as like, this is just how it's supposed to be. Whereas it hasn't been this way. And they use things like religion and um, other um, methods of saying like, well, I'm right and you're wrong. So I might've said previously in other episodes, 
if you can't combat religion because of a spiritual entity, what are you supposed to do? I'm, I can't, you know, if I was an indigenous person back in the day and they came over with these things and they saw um, trans people being leaders and priestess and they're like, what are you doing? And, you know, the indigenous folk can't communicate with you because we don't speak your language, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's kind of one of those things that you have to really analyze and look at. So this is very much a thing of, you know, white colonialism energy. And if you go back to um, um, the episode with Romeo Jackson, they did a very good explanation about talking about that kind of stuff. So I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode with Romeo Jackson. Anyway, um, as we move forward here, obviously this binary system gets spread around mostly because like procreation, procreation, procreation. But I want to um, let it be very clear that procreation is going to continue to happen. You know, trans uh, trans people are not going to hinder that. Um, the rest of the LGBT community is not going to hinder that because the fact of the matter is, as long as you have a penis and a vagina and they converge, or even if you just have the cells that they make, you know, child can be created from those things. Just fact of the matter it's just how it works so if there's a trans woman because she has a penis and you know it's fully functional we'll talk about that later and she can emit sperm and then there's um just say a cis woman who has a vagina and they're a lesbian couple if they have sex and you know the sperm gets into the egg baby that's a baby so procreation don't stop and i know you're like trans woman how come she don't have no how come she doesn't want to get her penis cut off well maybe she don't want to and you're going to have to be okay with that. You know, again, it has nothing to do with you. But anyway, that's the that's something that you have to be mindful of. And that was one of the reasons that the colonizers would use, and you know, religion, science, blah, 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 blah. But there we go. So that's the binary system. You, you're gay, you're straight, you're a man, or you're a woman. So again, we're talking about gender here. So just like the rest of nature, there are other nuances that take place, you know, in real life. There are critters that literally change from one shape to another shape. Everyone loves the idea of a butterfly, but it starts off as a caterpillar. And we all just say, yeah, this makes sense. This is perfectly fine. But for some reason, when trans people say, okay, I'm going to metamorphosize and change just like a caterpillar to fit the ultimate goal of who I want to be. Now, if you should just accept where you are, this, you know, if the caterpillar cocoon butterfly effect, I don't know, I've never seen that movie, so I don't know what it's about, but <laughs> caterpillar cocoon butterfly, if nature has it set up to be that way, trans people are doing the same thing. Now, before, obviously, they didn't have access to medications and um, hormones and other things like that. So they would just, you know, do what they have to do on the outside. You know, if it was a, a trans feminine person, someone who's a trans woman like myself, you know, you may wear dresses or you may put on untraditional uh, clothing that's associated with women and makeup and blah, blah, blah. So they may not have been able to do hormones and other stuff like that because science wasn't at that level yet, but they would present in a more feminine fashion, similar to how the, you know, the, the, the procedure of going from a caterpillar to a cocoon to a butterfly, just like nature intended. This is what nature wanted me to do. This is how my spirit, my, my, my joy, my happiness, this is what's going to come from that. 
So I love that everyone can fully accept this creature doing this thing, but we don't accept people doing these things. And then, you know, I just want to put that into perspective there. So again, you know, not trying to reduce trans people down to butterflies, but it's a good, clear analogy. So it's kind of like walking up to a butterfly and going like, you know, oh, nope, you're still a caterpillar. You're, you're still, you're, you're still a caterpillar. You know, I, I know you went through this entire process and, you know, I appreciate you for that, but nope, you're still a caterpillar to me, which is not factually true. You're, you are now a butterfly. So me very much so I was born, um, and I was assigned male at birth because my chromosome said so, but, um, my brain chemistry, my body and things like that, my heart, my soul were telling me something different. And I moved like the caterpillar to my next destination where I looked really ugly <laughs> in, the, in the cocoon stage. And then now I have a more beautiful realized butterfly. So someone goes back and says, oh, you're still a man. You went through all this, but you're still a man. You, you expended all of these things to find yourself. And I see that, but I don't want to recognize it. Rude, disrespectful don't make sense, right? Especially when it has nothing to do with you, question mark. You know, if there's interpersonal relationships, you know, there's nuance there. But at the grand scheme of things, for the trans community at large, it has nothing to do with you, mama. It's okay. It's fine. So that's the binary system. You're either one or the other. You present this way or this way. And it got to the point, of course, where the stakes were so high if they caught you dressing in the opposite gender that you were assigned, um, then you would you would be incarcerated. You can even be murdered and all kinds of stuff. So just for literally presenting and being exactly who you are, you could be um hurt and demonized for it. And this is the thing that cisgender heterosexual people don't understand. All trans and the rest of the LGBTQI plus community is trying to do is exist. And when we exist and we show up in this space, people have negative connotations and thoughts and feelings about it. And they want to take it upon themselves to, I guess, let us know that how they feel about the situation when nobody asked about it. So you, so basically they're injecting themselves into the situation when they don't know anything about the situation. They haven't asked any questions. They just view it as wrong or they're kind of just a sheep in the crowd and not going and just going along with what everybody else is saying because they don't want to be outcasts. So there's that. I just want to put that into people's minds and, and such and so forth. Anyway, so let's kind of break this down a little bit here. Transgender. So, of course, there are um, older terms like transsexual that don't get used anymore. You know, we, we it's a little bit more archaic. We have moved and we have grown just like before. You know, the indigenous folk didn't have that kind of language, but now we do. And just like how they probably had a, a word for that um, back in the day, you know, they would call it two-spirited folk. I'm sure they have a, you know, a more um, native language way to say it. Or people in Africa also have it. And, you know, in other countries and parts of the world before colonization took place, they didn't have that transgender as a word. But now we do. This is the language you're going to use around it. So um, transgender, of course, is a two-part word. Trans is the prefix. Gender is the other part of the word. It's the suffix. So trans, of course, means to move or to go or to go across. There we go. So um, calling someone a trans doesn't make sense. 
you know, if you're talking about a trans person, trans is an adjective. It describes something similar to how you have transportation. You you move the something from one port to another port, transportation. So you go from one point to another point, airplanes, buses, trucks, or whatever, transportation or translucent, you're able to, or transparent, you're able to see through, going through, the light is able to make its way through this thing. So that's trans, trans is the prefix. So calling someone a trans doesn't make sense because trans is just a prefix and if anything, it's just an adjective. So it's just like saying, look, that's a red. A red, we need a little bit more, a red house, a red car, like what is it? So just putting, just so there's that. Gender is the part where everyone gets a lot of things mixed up. So let's talk about gender versus biological sex right quick. So biological sex is predetermined. Once the egg meets the sperm and, sh- and they spin around, do they dance and out and they create whatever happens. You can create, you know, various combinations that we talked about. X, 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 Y, um, intersex combinations of X, X, X or X, Y, Y and the like. So whatever that ends up being is what happens. But it's important to know that X always comes first because women have always been here from the gate. So there's that. So X always comes first. Everyone starts off as a female and then the the sperm will decide what the rest of the combination will be. So there you go. So it's men's fault for everything. <laughs> I'm just playing kind of. Anyway, so that's, you know, that's the biological sex. So, but, you know, from extensive science and study and research and things, you know, if you look up things on the CDC about transgender people, people who have actually studied this, scientists, people who have dedicated their lives and their patients and all this kind of stuff to do all this stuff, we should probably listen to them. And what they say is that your gender and your biological sex are two separate entities. We know this as transgender people. Trust me. We know. Y'all won't let us forget. Let's reference back to calling us caterpillars. Y'all won't let us forget. We don't want to think about it, but y'all just like, just in case you forgot. Girl, we know. Thanks. Have a nice life. Um, So that's a totally separate thing that we don't have control over. But because our minds are developing later and genitals and stuff are developing at a different point in time. There's different levels at which these chemicals and stuff are being emitted and things can happen. I like to think of being a trans person as a, as a mutation. And of course, not all mutations are bad. As you see on X-Men, it would be real sickening if we had those powers. But if people can't even accept trans people, what do you think they're going to accept people with superpowers? See, we could be so much further ahead if you girls would just get the fuck together. And anyway... Let me move on. (laughs) So anyway, gender is a social construct. So that binary system we were talking about earlier, if you were born an AFAB person and you were assigned female at birth because you had these genital things going on, that's what the doctors basically do. They kind of go in there and say, oh, this is what you have. You have a vagina and ovary. So that means you're going to be this. And, you know, when you're born, when you pop out and you have a penis and testes, you're going to be this. You're going to be a man. Um, and it's kind of like, well, damn, do I get a, a say in this? Like, if and, and this is the thing where people who are religious will say, well, God chose that for you. And it's giving like, I can't fight a spiritual entity. 
And I'm not, and I have no intention on doing that because that's not going to get us anywhere. So gender and biological sex. So the gender, once you get assigned your, uh, your, your gender identity, you are expected to behave and perform all the things. Now, um, as we, as we grow and develop, um, AFAB people, people assigned female at birth, so traditionally girls, they get, they get more lenience, you know, they get the tomboy phase as far as that's concerned, but they also get a brunt of the other shit, you know, misogyny is a real thing, you know, demonizing and scrutinizing, trigger warning, things like rape culture, um, all that kind of stuff against AFAB people, you know, there we go. But then AMAP people also have a very rigid kind of system where they get to kind of be a little bit free, but then their rigidness comes in very, very lot sooner where they have to start um, showing up and being like, you're a man, you do these things. And the rigidness for how masculinity is shown up is so narrow, it barely lets men even be men. They're not allowed to cry, talk about emotions. They can only do sports, drink, beer, talk about women in a derogatory way, get money, and try to stun on other niggas. Like, that's all men are allowed to do, whereas women get the entire other side of all of that. And so there's so much more life on this side. You know, there's so much more availability as far as emotional capacity, things you can accomplish, things you're allowed to do, things you're allowed to say, blah, 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 blah. There's so much more on this side. That's just my own personal perspective. After being someone who's been on one side and has transitioned to the other side, this is just my perspective. So the rigidness of masculinity comes in very much sooner than the rigidness of femininity, I'd say, but to each its own, of course. So if you don't start performing those things in that way, you, of course, will be demonized because, remember, they would throw people in jail for not performing gender the correct way. <laughs> so now it's just like a more relaxed version where it's just like, well, I'm not going to talk to you. Well, I don't like you. Well, this doesn't make this, 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 this. all the reasons in the world as to why they just won't say, OK, this is how my child is going to show up. This is how this person is going to show up. Every reason in the world except to just say, OK, boom. So there's that. So again, transgender, gender is a social construct in which we have tell people how to operate based upon their biological sex characteristics. And every single person is not gonna show up that way. Let's just be very clear. And remember, this is all based upon Europe, European centric standards. So anyone, a person of color, particularly black people are already gonna have a hyper-masculine version of that. That's why black women, we have such a, a much harder time finding these beauty standards and all this kind of other stuff. And that's why black men, especially dark-skinned black men, are already perceived as more dangerous and more vicious, even if they're not. So anyway, so all these, a lot of this stuff is intertwined and y'all gonna have to really think critically about it and have to unlearn a lot of the things that have been told to you. I find it, and I say this all the time, I find it very interesting that black people are willing to unlearn a lot of stuff that white people have told them, except for things that work conveniently for them in a lot of situations like religion and uh, sexism in some situations, a massage noir specifically as it pertains to black women. And then of course, gender and sexuality, like black people don't wanna let that go. And so I'm just like, girl, no. 
So anyway, that's what transgender means, moving across the gender binary. So transgender, um, the traditional binary sense of it is a man going to woman, that's what I did, or a woman going to man, that's the traditional trajectory of a uh, transgender. As it, you know, and so if you like men, you should be on the woman's side. If you like women, you should be on the man's side. Very cut and dry, very straightforward, but everyone is not binary. There are folks that you may hear about now called non-binary. Non-binary is a gender um, identity at which people may be at the halfway point on that gender binary spectrum. They may be um, closer towards the masculine side. They may be closer towards the feminine side. Or a gag is they're not on the spectrum or the line of gender at all. Again, they have a biological sex, but their gender identity tells them that, and their spirit and their life and how they want to show up in the world says, I should do this. This fits me. This is what works best for me. You don't get to say what works best for them. You not them. You don't get to live their everyday life and look at the beer and have those thought processes. Like what? So non-binary is a, is a little bit more of a newer term. And so underneath the, uh, un so we have the binary system at large. Then underneath that, we have the trans, I, we have the trans umbrella underneath that. And then underneath the trans umbrella, we have binary trans people like trans women. That's why that pre, that's why that adjective is important. You can't just say a trans, remember, you have to say trans woman or trans man or trans feminine or trans masculine. Remember, trans is just an adjective. It's a prefix. It needs to have something that goes along with it in order for it to be a complete thought. Non-binary is the other side of the transgender space where there's no man, there's no woman. You know what I mean? There's just existence of how people want to show up in this world. And that's okay. We have people who are agender, gender fluid, which means that you move back from one gender to the other, or gender queer, which is the same kind of variance. Your gender looks a little bit queer. And so there is no way to be able to tell who has what gender identity. This is why the conversation about pronouns is really sending some people pronouns are things we learn arbitrarily as we grow up in the world and we learn them in English class very young and we don't think about it like oh a pronoun a pronoun a pronoun but remember a pronoun is made to take the place of a noun so you won't have to say my name Zayday all over the you don't have to say Zay 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 Zayday Zayday you won't have to say Josh 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 you won't have to say um Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins. Like, you don't have to say every time. You replace it with a pronoun. And so when someone says, what's your pronouns? You can't just say, I'm a boy, because that does not make sense. Because the idea of a pronoun is to replace the noun. Your name is, the, is your noun. So we're taking place of that, which I'm sure you all know. But the conversation about it seems to be throwing people off. There's not just one set of pronouns. There's many set of pronouns. There are more new age pronouns that may be more complicated for some. But there are really some simple ones that people don't seem to grasp at all. So, of course, if you are someone who uses... Um, of a feminine pronoun. So she, her, and hers, like myself, those are the ones that I use. Or if you like masculine pronouns, 
then um, then you'll be using he, him, and his, which of course is connected to the gender binary. If you're a man, you will use he, him, and his. If you're a woman, you will she, her, and hers. And then when you don't know someone's gender identity, a lot of people default to them. So for example, if you see someone from behind and you cannot tell if they are a man or a woman, sometimes people will say, look, there they go. That's them right there. That's one person. You can use they, them, and theirs as not only plural for a collective group of people, but you can also use it for one solitary person. And we know that, but some people just don't want to grasp that information for some reason. They just want to just say, no, it's not true, but we know it to be true. It's in the dictionary. It's in the Oxford Dictionary for people who have some value in that. So... They, them, and theirs is becoming increasingly popular for people who are non-binary. But there are other ones that are outside of that, like zizem and zer. Then that's a little bit more new age. Those are called neo-pronouns. And of course, again, you do not have to know all of this, but you have to recognize the fact that if someone says, these are my pronouns, respect them. What you're going to have to do, which we're going to talk about next, is disassociate the idea of gender presentation and then also the um, what you actually see like in front of you, that's the gender presentation. And you're gonna have to separate that from the gender identity. So just because someone says this is my um, gender identity doesn't mean you know their pronouns. So again, nuance, complicated. But again, you don't have to know all that. And y'all may be saying like, I don't wanna mess up. Make the mistake. As long as when you make the mistake, you don't get defensive about it. Mistakes are okay. I teach kids all the time and I tell them, make the mistake. You have to learn from it and bounce back. But more so than that, you have to practice it. If you do not practice using the pronouns when it's time to get in front of that person's face and you use the wrong pronouns and you get embarrassed or you get upset or you get flustered, you have to take accountability for that, especially if you know what their correct pronouns are. So all that to say is, yes, it would be easy if it was just she, her, and hers, he, him, and his, and for a collective group of people, they, them, and theirs. But the world is much more vast and more nuanced and more complicated than that. Every rose in the rose bed is not going to be exactly the same. Some are gonna have different petals, some are going to have more thorns. Some are going to wilt faster. Some are going to bloom bigger. It is going to be variables and you are going to have to be okay with that. So not trying to preach, but I'm just letting y'all know. So we're going to take a small break here and we're going to go on to this little next section. Work. All right, so... You're talking about transgender people. So the opposite of transgender people is cisgender. So this is a term that is firstly used to describe anyone who is not transgender. It is not an offensive term. It's not derogatory. It's not evil. It's none of the like. It's just a term used to differentiate and separate people who are not trans from cis folk. Okay? from people who are trans versus not trans. 
So cis, C-I-S, gender, G-E-N-D-E-R. We already talked about what gender means. So boom, there's that. But cis is a prefix that means on the same side or stationary or or air quotes kind of stable, if that makes sense, which or station. You know, it's the same principle as transgender. Transgender means to move or go across, go from one place to another. Well, you're doing it with your gender. Same thing with cisgender. You're stationary. You're not going anywhere. So when if you're a cisgender person, you were born and they said, oh, congratulations, you have a young girl. Fantastic. And you grew up and you was like, yes, this is my life. I love this. I'm affirmed in this. This is who I am. And you stayed cisgender. Or you stayed in that gender identity. And that is okay. That just means you're cisgender. We created this term back in the 90s, I believe. So this term is like not new. It's not new. We use the prefix cis, C-I-S, to um, to um, denote people who are of not trans experience. And and it's not, again, it's not derogatory. It's not rude. It's not, it's not evil. C-I-S is a prefix that basically means that you are in your gender identity and you have been that way since you were born, as opposed to transgender people who have not been that way. Okay? Okay. And underneath the cisgender umbrella, there's not all the nuance that trans people have. Trans people have a lot of nuance. We have trans women and trans men underneath the binary side. And um, on the on the non-binary side of being transgender, you have non-binary folk, you have genderqueer folk, gender fluid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas on the cisgender side, it's back in the old, um, the older way of how things, air quotes, were perceived. You're a man, you're a woman, you're straight, you're you're gay, that's it. So if your gender doesn't fluctuate, if you wake up every day and say, I'm a woman and I'm going to wear it out, then you wear it out and say, I'm a man, I'm going to handle the business, handle the business. Takes nothing away from you to exist as you are. Trans people have always been here. They're just becoming more prevalent. Trust me, you've already shared a bathroom with a trans person. Even if it's at your old house, like you have been to somebody's mall, somebody's concert, somebody's store, and you have been in there with a trans person. Sorry to burst your bubble. And guess what happened? Nothing. Because trust me, trans people are much more fearful of you saying something to them in an effort to defend your manhood or defend your womanhood. And, you know, they're just trying to go to the bathroom just like you? Question mark? Anyway. So I know a lot of cisgender people don't like this term, but sweetheart, baby, honey, it's not a bad word. And we don't want to call you normal. We don't want to call you real. We don't want to call you regular because that would indicate and put a negative connotation on us as trans people as we're not real. We're not regular. We're not normal. That is offensive and rude. So cisgender, if you, so here's, here's usually what happens. If you refer to someone as cisgender and say, I don't like that. Don't call me that. And then we would say, okay. And you know, most of the time cisgender people say that in an effort to combat trans people. And they would say, well, we don't want you to call, you know, for me, they would say, well, you don't want me to call you a man. So don't call me that. But you're only reacting 
out of because you want to be able to stay and do whatever you want and things are changing things are evolving and you're gonna have to get on the train before it becomes archaic and you can't get on all late and stuff you're gonna be looking like Anastasia when she couldn't get on the train with her grandma and got left at that train station and bust her head you're gonna be looking like that if you don't decide to say okay this terminology is not bad no this wasn't this language didn't come out you know when back in millions of years ago but a lot of language we use now hasn't been born remember all this shit is made up we try to give some context some nuance to the situation so try to keep that in perspective so remember cisgender is the opposite of transgender so when i use in conversation i may say cis het folk cis cis slash het h-e-t cisgender heterosexual so you know the air quotes normal people in the society but we can't say that because normality is and normalcy is subjective you know it's just how it is saying someone's normal and saying someone's not normal is subjective at every turn no matter where you are in this world so, and it also just puts a negative shine on anyone who doesn't live up to the traditional European-centric standards. As we know, the colonizers spread around the world and they don't spread all this gender stuff around and sexual orientation stuff around. So, you know, let's put that into perspective here. It's all rooted from the same place. So anyway, that's being cisgender. And no, you don't, and you know, I want to point out the fact that um, cisgender people can also experience transphobia. So, you know, uh, this is something that a lot of people like to misuse and misquote and such and so forth. So people hear the word phobia and they go to the, you know, rudimentary terms of it being, you're afraid of something. I'm afraid. And, and cisgender people may not, may um, sometimes come back and say, I'm not afraid of trans people. I'm, if they're homophobic, they may not say, I'm not afraid of gay people. But there's more depth to the to the terminology and the definition than that being transphobic or being homophobic doesn't mean you're strictly afraid of but it also encompasses the dislike or the aversion to so if you have a dislike for trans people if you have an aversion to um lgbtqia plus folk you have to analyze that if, if every time queer people show up in a space, whether it be on TV, your phone, um, in person, um, wherever, and you go, ugh, or you go, ugh, and if, or if you have to step outside of yourself and say something, you should be asking yourself, why am I going through this? Especially if they're not doing nothing to you especially if they're not doing nothing to you. Why are you going out of your way? I remember being little and going into just, you know, coming into the classroom um, and then sitting down and then a group of boys would just start laughing and pointing at me. Why are you laughing? Why are you pointing? I'm just sitting down. There's, I don't have a booger in my nose. I ain't got no tissue on my shoe. I ain't got nothing like that. But because I flounce into the room and, and that kind of stuff, you're laughing at my queer identity? What's funny about it? I don't get what's funny. But because we get to be the butt of the joke all the time and people call us sensitive all the time, I wonder why we're sensitive because, yeah, let's put some puzzle pieces together there. So, um, yes, like I was saying earlier, cisgender people can experience transphobia, the, um, the dislike, the fear, or the aversion to transgender people. So 
most people take it to the extreme and say, I'm, you know, I wouldn't go out there and harm a trans person. I wouldn't do anything rude. But I talked on the last episode about like sly comments that people can make about transgender people. Cisgender women, from my experience, sometimes if they want to um, one up someone in a situation, they may say something that's derogatory underneath their breath. They may whisper to their good girlfriend or one of the most popular situations is if there's a man that's more interested than me as a trans woman and he may not be able to clock or be able to um, pick up the fact that I am a trans person. If he doesn't clock and he um, is paying more attention to me and talking to me and interacting with me because we teach women to compete for men's attention because that's stupid. Duh. Like Beyonce is saying, we teach men to compete on, on the Flawless song. I don't remember what the um, poet's name is, but yeah. We teach women to compete for men's attention, not for jobs and opportunities. We should be focusing on that, girls. Anyway, but if she gets pressed or, she, or if we've been good girlfriends for a while and then, you know, a man gives me more attention and she had her eye on that man, it can, she could take it upon herself to say, you know what, you know this and this and this, that used to be a man and all this kind of stuff and da-da-da-da. That is transphobia. And you're going to have to be okay with that because that means you're just prejudiced and you're a bigot in that way because you didn't get the attention that you want. Now, I want to point out a greater fact of the matter is how transphobia plays for, I'm going to get to cis people, I promise, but how it affects transgender people, uh, particularly trans women, particularly black trans women, particularly dark skinned black trans women. If you do not know, the age cap for transgender women, particularly black ones, is 35 years old. I am going to be 31 this year. I am petrified as fuck. The reason, and I and I post these things on my story constantly, and I post them on my story constantly to put in perspective how frequently our murders are being had. Because the men who are interested in us want to pursue us, but they don't want people to know because they may be demonized or put down as we've talked about how LGBTQ people can just exist and people can put them down for that. These men don't want to have to undergo that, especially if they have been men who have been homophobic or transphobic in their past. So in an effort to negate any of those things, they would rather be known as murderers than be known as people who are attracted to trans folk, particularly trans women. They would rather murder us than be in relationship with us in an open format because they don't want people to make fun of them or be rude to them or be mean to them. And I'm, for cis women in this particular case, all the snickering behind the scenes about like, oh, you know, she used to be a man and doing all that kind of stuff. You will have to take accountability for that, because if men want to impress women at large, whether they be cis or trans, they're going to take your cisness as more value than my transness as a trans person. So I just really want to put that into perspective for folks so they can understand how dangerous it is. This is dangerous. As it pertains to cis women, black women specifically get called more masculine all the time. We just talked about how blackness is equated to masculinity and great strength. This is why women like Megan Thee Stallion, who's big and tall, gets demonized and is like, oh, well, she's got a penis, she, or she used to have a penis, she's a man, blah, blah, blah. Like, she's a stallion, that's a man, and it's just like, girl, what? 
or Serena Williams. Just like, why? Or we had a few episodes ago, we're talking about the Olympics and the, and the women who were um, not allowed to run because their testosterone levels were too high. Black women get the brunt of being perceived as more masculine all the time, particularly if they're dark skin. So I want to point this stuff out because transphobia has affected them and impacted them in that way. So you're not exempt from it. And, and so we're talking a lot about women and this because we're living in a patriarchal system. Men are allowed to almost, for the most part, I would say as of late, it's becoming a little bit more mm, where they have to present, you know, these bodybuilding trends and this gym workout rap mentality may make it a little bit difficult for men, but they are not under the same scrutiny as women are as it, when it comes to beauty standards and such and so forth. So Black women get uh, the brunt of transphobia, even if they're not trans. You know, you look more masculine, look like a man. I can clock you, I can tell. And so, you know, those kind of things you need to be put into perspective because a lot of, well, a lot of people will say in relationship aspects, oh, you're a trans person um, or you're interested in trans people, forgive me. That means that you're going to be gay and all this kind of stuff and things like that. And we're going to talk about body parts here in a second. But it's it's imperative for uh, cis people to recognize the fact that they are not exempt from transphobia. And transphobia can escalate to murder and all kinds of stuff. And because we live in a patriarchal system, this is my point, I'm sorry, this, um, the, we live in the patriarchal system, men don't get scrutinized as much because women are perceived as objects. And uh, AFAB people, uh, women have been, have know this information from the gate because as soon as you are announced that you're going to be an AFAB person or you're going to be a girl, everyone seems to understand that every man is going to be a, is going to be dangerous. So, you know, there's that. But then if a woman looks too manly, apparently you're able to clock whatever that, whatever, you know, looking too manly. You know, you can clock those kind of people, but obviously not. If if Megan Thee Stallion, who's very gorgeous, is getting told that she's a man, Serena Williams, who's getting told a man, even Sierra, before um a long time ago, like, oh, she looks like a man. What? Notice these are all black women too. But I really want to put in perspective that transphobia can uh, and and impact people in that way and it may not impact men the same way because they get to present a whole bunch of different kinds of ways we'll take someone who's short and fat and funny and be like oh well he's still a man it's fine or a man who's like six seven and he's all muscular and stuff like the range for men to present and be uh, okay in this world is very vast as opposed to women these these beauty standards are limited to about you have to be five four to five seven max straight pretty hair da, 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 big titties no waist all the ass like but you know, all, all these other things but men get to have a lot more range and that's why I'm not talking about that as much so that's where the men get their range women don't get that range so there's that so I wanted to talk about transphobia in that way so if you are participating in transphobia you're going to have to cut that the fuck out darling cut it the fuck out so remember Transphobia is not only the fear of trans people, also homophobia as well, but it's also the aversion to. All right. So um, I kind of want to just go a little bit further and talk um, about, you know, some of the 
um, genetics and stuff like that, and not genetics, excuse me, some of the chemicals and things, um, to kind of help people understand things. Uh, transgender people, particularly binary trans people, um, we go through procedures like breast augmentation if you're a trans woman, or you may get a BBL. Um, you may also get FFS, which is face feminization surgery. Um, trans masculine people, trans men, they may get um, top surgery and have their breast tissue removed. They can also get um, um, facial um, masculinization surgery. They can also get bottom surgery where, um, and also trans women can also get bottom surgery. For trans women, they can, you know, do a couple of different things, like just removing the testicles is an option. They can remove the penis and the testicles, and then they can also create a vagina as well. So there's different levels, different levels at which that can happen. And then for transmasculine people, they can also do the same thing, but opposite, of course. They can close up the vagina, and they can, um, from the flesh skin, they can create a penis and all kinds of stuff. But I want to point out that many of these medical things are not covered by insurance. Many of them are not covered by insurance. So it's not like trans people can just go out and just buy these things, particularly trans women, because a lot of them are perceived as cosmetic. (laughs) So I want to let it be clear that to even get any of these kind of things done, you have to have to gone through quite a bit of other stuff before even getting to this point. And mind you, these uh, procedures are expensive as fuck. I think getting uh, facial feminization surgery runs for about $50,000. $50,000. You could do so much more with that, but I'm going to adjust my face so I can feel more confident in myself. It would be so easy if I can just say, yes, I want to present how I want to present and I don't have to worry about that. But when people are constantly scrutinizing you, talking about you, it can get to you. And you may want to do that, or you may just want to do it just because. But either way, it's expensive. It is not like it's $2 or anything like that. And then bottom surgery, whether it's S, uh, um, sexual reassignment surgery for, or for trans women or for trans men, it's expensive. And not and let's let's go a little bit before you even get to this point. You have to be on hormone replacement therapy or HRT for an extended period of time, usually about um, uh, one one year to two years, in order for doctors to even begin to consider doing any of these procedures because they air quotes want to make sure you're genuine in that. So and mind you, these hormones are not cheap. They are not always covered by insurance as well. And we know that um, trans people are, particularly trans people of color, um, are disproportionately um, affected by being able to get access to insurance because they aren't able to attain jobs because people don't want to hire them because, you know, transphobia. So, yeah. So it's even harder and stuff like that. This, I want, I'm again, I, I want this all to be very much in perspective. So anyway, so there is that. Um, and, and sometimes in a lot of cases, in order to even be on hormone replacement therapy, in order to actually go and have these procedures done, you have to have to be a uh, see a psychologist and see a psychiatrist and have them sign off and approve things to verify that you are who you say you are when they just could just believe you. 
And then more so than that, seeing a psychiatrist and seeing a psychologist costs money. All this costs money. So cisgender people don't have to do any of those things unless they volunteer to want to do those things. Trans people don't have to do it either because trans people can show up in a variety of ways just like cisgender people can. But transgender people who are on the binary or who just want to have these procedures, um, it's going to cost them excruciatingly a lot amount of money. Just because Caitlyn Jenner did it in one fucking night, it seems like she has millions of dollars at her disposal. This was nothing for her. The regular degular girls, the non-binary folk who want to get this stuff, the trans masculine folk who want to get this, it's expensive, girl. Expensive. So we do all this to affirm who we are. Some of us probably would love to just be able to exist in our bodies and not have to do any of these things to be perceived the way we want to be perceived. But we do all of this to assure that we can move from one space to the other safely without being scrutinized or talked about or demonized and da-da-da-da, all that kind of stuff. Maybe a lot of people wouldn't transition if they could just exist how they want to exist. But until that point happens, this is what we have to do. So there's that. Um, so all that to say is like, it's expensive being a trans person. So we'll do all this for $2. Um, and of course, I know a lot of people are concerned about youth. Um, transgender youth cannot undergo any kind of hormones, any kind of procedures or anything, unless, it's con- unless there is a, an, a guardian or an adult, a parent who signs off on this and approves this. And most parents don't want to do that. What they would probably do is if a child expressed um, greatness of trans um, dysphoria, which means that they are, are gender dysphoria, excuse me, that means they're feeling this type of gender identity. They want to move in this direction. You can put them on hormone blockers, which is a chemical that will temporarily stop the um, the onset of, pu- of puberty. And they get to explore, be themselves. And once the hormone blockers are worn off or the um, apparatus that blocks the hormone from continuing is removed, their puberty will proceed as traditional. If you want to see more about that, you can watch the television show um, I Am Jazz. I Am Jazz, J-A-Z-Z. Great story as far as trying to help you understand transgender youth and how they operate and how they maneuver because they need support, they need affirmations, they need love. Otherwise, you know, they could, again, take their own lives. Okay. All right. So as we continue to move forward, of course, there are going to be things like um, uh, procedures. We already talked about that. Let's talk about Disclosure, which is a great documentary. If you have not seen Disclosure, the documentary, it's on Netflix. I'll put that in the description as well, hopefully, if I remember. (laughs) But uh, Disclosure, which is the point of when am I going to tell someone that I am a trans person? And that is going to have a multitude of variables. So the first thing is trans people don't have to tell you shit. Point blank. They ain't got to tell you nothing if they don't want to. Okay. Now, if they don't want to tell you something about their trans identity, that is completely up to them. Some trans people move in what we call stealth. S-T-E-A-L-T-H. I think that's how you spell stealth. Can't remember right now. 
but stealth. So no one knows that they are trans. There have been many a people who have moved through this world as stealth trans people. Nobody clocked them. Nobody knew nothing about them. Janet Mock for a while was running this stealth miss thing. Love her to death, but she was running this stealth for a little while. And then um, other people like um, Tracy Africa, who was on um, the Clairol box back in the day, um, box number 512, shout out to, um, which is a great podcast, by the way, um, box number 512, grown black trans women talk, shout out to Brianna and the lioness, y'all be sickening down. Um, but um, yeah, so she moved through the world, no one clocked her tea, or what's her name that was on um, the Disney Channel Cheetah Girls movie, oh god, I can't remember what her name is right now, but she is a trans woman who was pushing through. So, you know, we were making the things happen. They were moving in stealth. No one clocked their tea. No one knew who they were. But the idea of living in stealth is scary because at any point in mo- any point in time, somebody can clock you and everything could fall apart. Okay? And the one thing we don't want everything is to fall apart because it can end in death at its worst. Um, uh, 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 all kinds of violence, whether it be verbal all kinds of other stuff. So stealth is an option for some people, but that is very much, again, subjective based upon the European beauty-centric standards. So, um, you know, of course, trans-masculine people get a little bit more grace in this way because once you kind of get a little facial hair on your ear and then after taking hormones, their voices drop down and stuff like that, you know, they can maneuver pretty well through the through the world at that point. They get they they move into privilege. So the thing about being a transmasculine person is you move from being in the womanhood sector to being into the manhood sector. And with the patriarchal system, they gain that privilege. Whereas trans feminine people like myself, we 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 were born with the privilege, but then we moved and we recessed away from it. And I always tell people, it's like, why would I want to move away from more privilege and more freedom and more liberty? That's that don't make no sense. But that's who I am. And that's what I did, Jesus, because that's what my heart and my mind and soul, my spirit, all connecting and telling me. Anyway, so they will tell trans people will tell you they will disclose to you when they are comfortable. Now, as it pertains to dating, because everyone always likes to say if they just told people, if they just told people, if they just told people from the gate, then it wouldn't be that bad. Let's be very clear that if you tell someone that you're trans in, a, in an environment that is unsafe, that like a, like a bar or a club, it could be very hostile and dangerous because that person could take that and talk, tell someone else in the club. And no one knows who's transphobic until, you know, drama starts happening. So why am I going to subject myself to being put in harm's way? I'd rather tell someone via message, text message, in that kind of way so they can know that I'm a that I'm a trans person. I've had men literally come up to me in a gas station and talk to me and then perhaps they've caught on, they clocked me or whatever, I don't care. But then, you know, they would kind of be like, oh, okay, and then they would dip out. So you can't tell who is trans and who is not trans. There's too many variables. People were calling, of course, again, Megan Thee Stallion, Serena Williams, and, um, and Sierra and other folks, other black women, um, they were calling them men in, you know, men in wigs or trans and all that kind of stuff. So it's important. It's imperative for people to know that trans does not have a particular look. So, and a lot of y'all faves, if I want to be very clear, you including Nikki, my baby, Cardi, all these girls, 
are getting painted by trans women. Their their bodies are being um their overly shaped hourglass bodies are inspired by trans women, if I want to be very frank about it. Okay. So let's um push a little bit more forward with disclosure. So I encourage trans people to disclose when they feel the most secure and the most comfortable. If you're in a situation where someone might threaten you, take your life, anything hostile like that, please. I'll, I give you permission to lie to save yourself, period. I'm sorry. I'd rather for you to be alive and had lied and ask for forgiveness later than uh, be like, oh, I'm going to tell the truth and get hurt because I'm going to speak again from the trans feminine perspective because we get a lot of shine. I do want to spend time talking about trans masculine people in the future because they need a little bit more shine. If you want to listen to someone who's trans masculine talk, you can go listen back to episodes with Javion. That's a transmasculine person. You can also go back and listen to the episode with Zahir um, and also um, uh, Zeke, Mr. Physique. So please go back and listen to those episodes if you want to hear more about being a transmasculine person. They have lived that experience. They know all the information about that from their perspective. Anyway, so there are situations where trans women like myself have been existing and a man comes up to you, doesn't clock you. And then you let him know what the T was and then he can turn hostile against you right there because now he has to defend his manhood because he couldn't clock you. That's not tricking you. You saw what you saw. You like what you saw and you pursued after it. You know what? What? You know, that's not my fault. Again, trans people just existing and transphobia whips out and attacks you for no reason. There have been girls, trans women who have literally died because they said, oh, no, baby, I'm trans. And then this man comes up and he's like, now I got to defend my honor. Let me come back and wear you out. What the fuck? What happened to just saying like, oh, just tell people and they'll just be okay with it. What happened to that? Oh, it's gone. Right. Oh, it's gone. So, you know, there's that. So, um, or other situations where you may tell someone later. If they tell someone later, that's fine when they feel the most secure and the most safe. But it's your responsibility to know that everyone that you're attracted to is not inherently cis. That's a privilege that you all have. You think that everyone's going to be cis. <laughs> cis until proven trans, you know, so to speak. You don't get to pick and choose. So, <laughs> so I want to make sure that that's very clear. So, disclosure is one of those touchy, subjective kind of things. But let me tell you that I tell them, I, I, I take screenshots. Baby, I will screenshot you down to make sure that you know that I'm a trans person. I will ask within the first few minutes of our conversation, especially if you message me on some app that is not um, like a dating app where I can specifically say it, although it's all over my social media because it's the kind of work that I do. So, you know, a lot of times they do know. And let me be very clear. A lot of the men that want to engage with trans women do know. And again, they try to be very stealthy and secretive about it. And a lot of them are having intimate relationships with cis women as well. Intimate partner violence is a very prevalent thing in the trans community, particularly for trans women. So again, they would rather be known as murderers in some cases and be locked up for years rather than just being saying like, I like trans women. They would rather go through all that than just say, yep, because they're so afraid and so nervous because men don't get that privilege to be able to express emotions and no other men wants to have these conversations about it. 
But if you go back and listen to a couple of my episodes, the numbers, the, the episodes with the sevens, so episode seven, episode 17, 27, and 37, if you go back and listen to those episodes, those are episodes with trans, uh, trans men, uh, I'm sorry, with men who are attracted to trans women. And I have that running series within the podcast show so that people can hear how um, men have to go through the process of also coming to self-acceptance when they are attracted to trans women. So again, if you see a trans person on the street and you do not know they're trans and you're attracted to them, you're going to have to be okay with that. Now, I know y'all be like, body parts, body parts, body parts. Let me help you. Penis does not mean man. Penis does not mean male, as we talked about with intersex people. Vagina does not mean woman. Vagina does not mean female. And, you know, I and again, ovaries as well and testes as well. It does not equate. They are not equivalent. Strong tendencies, strong tendencies, I will give you that, but they are not one and the same. Similar to how biological sex and gender are have strong tendencies, but they are not one and the same. And it's very important for you all to understand that as well. So if there's a trans woman who has not undergone SRS, which means sexual reassignment surgery because she couldn't afford it or she doesn't want to, that does not mean she's any less of a woman. If she says, I'm a trans woman and she's done what she needs to do to affirm herself, she's a trans woman, Miss Thing. Same thing with trans masculine folk. And then of course, non-binary people, non-binary people can have a variety of gender, I'm sorry, a variety of genitals. Y'all be so worried about what people going to do to genitals, like Labusi. Why are you worried about what some, you know, Zaya Wade, my baby. I love Zaya Wade. The, the Un- Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade are weirded out. I love them. Um, Zaya Wade, the only thing she said is like, I'm a trans person. That does not mean someone's going to take her genitals and, and, and take them off and all that kind of stuff. And then more so than that, why are you worried about a child's genitals? I'll wait. Right, like she didn't have a chance to think about this and formulate her own thoughts and opinions. Remember, she's one of these uh, 2000 babies. She's had the internet since since conception. So she, she's been able to access and resource and do all this stuff. And if you listen to Dwayne Wade speak about this stuff, because black men do not want to listen to this at all. You know, he speaks about it where he said, I had to move away from that. He had to unlearn. And a lot of people do not want to unlearn. You have to unlearn all that homophobia, all that transphobia, all that stuff that's been instilled in you from the gate. You're going to have to unlearn it. Even us as trans people, even us as LGBTQIA plus people, we had to unlearn all of that stuff as well. Okay. Okay. So Boosie needs to shut the fuck up, of course, because how you gonna have your child get exposed to strippers and or or people who are sex workers and stuff like that, and they're grown ad- they're grown adult women, and you have children getting touched by them, and Ti like having your daughter's hymen check and all that kind of stuff, like what? Weird. Y'all are vi- and y'all always show up when some when some when some queer shit is happening, which we talked about it a couple episodes ago. Like, girl, what? Anyway, so I know I've kind of ranted and raved a little bit here, and 
I kind of, um, I, I, I really just want to implore upon people that you're going to have to recognize the fact and acknowledge that the world is changing in a very powerful way. It's not bad, it's powerful, and it's different. And you're going to have to be okay with that. Again, you do not to ha- you do not have to have every single piece of language. Even the LGBTQI plus people in your community around you are not going to inherently have all of this language. My best friend Dexter does not always have the language to express things, and he is a gay man. He don't have the language to express everything. He will come and ask me what is happening in our community because I have more more knowledge and more um sound voice around these kind of things, and that is okay. I am, I also encourage people who are part of the queer community who don't have all the information to seek it out for themselves and start asking them, them their, their questions as well. So there's a whole lot of other stuff I can go into. Just know that trans people, we have always been here. We will continue to always be here. Um, our language has grown and developed over time. The gender binary is a white supremacist social construct that has made things very challenging for women at large and made things very challenging for people of color at large and also people within the LGBTQIA community. Remember that being an, a queer person is its own entity separate away from other stuff in the sense that they can be two different things at the same time. So a lot of times people say that you can't be black and queer at the same time, like, but you can be. One is one thing, one is the other thing, and they can overlap and converge, okay? Not just white people can be LGBTQIA+, and black people just can't be just cishet because we know that's not true. Anyway, I um, encourage you all to please um, drop your questions um uh, on the on the on this post when it comes out for the episode dm me um shoot me a tweet whatever on instagram it does not matter this conversation is imperative please check out my um episodes of slay with zay on youtube there's 10 episodes up there with at least you know about two to three hours worth of content broken up into 10 videos talking about various topics i'll reiterate some of the same points that i did on this podcast on those episodes and it also has pictures and graphics and i look stunning too let me just be very clear (laughs) so um the next season i hope to put out hopefully um in the same time in october of this year please take a look at those things Um, I'm going to try to put as many descriptions and links as I can in the bottom. Please, please, please do your best. And I know this was a lot to take in, but please do your absolute best to learn and grow and become a little bit more nuanced in the world that is the LGBTQIA plus community. So with all that being said, I'm going to see y'all later. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Black to the future. Thank you.
Thank you all so much for tuning in to Black to the Future. Yes, thank you for joining us. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black to the Future Podcast. And don't forget to use the hashtag Black to the Future Podcast as well. Share the content and please leave positive reviews. Yeah, all that. <laughs> and we will see y'all in the future. Don't you mean Black to the Future? Oop, I guess you're right. We'll see y'all Black Black to to the the future. future.